In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> On a day when our collect, our prayer for the day, extols the importance of scripture, I personally think it would be nice to hear something nice. <laughs> but the framers of our lectionary obviously thought differently because in the cycle of our readings in years A and years B and C, we hear about Jesus in Mark and in Luke warning that violence, unrest, earthquakes, famines, plagues, and dreadful portents must take place. And in year A, the year we're currently in, we hear this parable about a master who rebukes one of his slaves for playing it safe. There is so much in this passage and other passages that we read this morning that I'm not sure that I want to, as the collect says, inwardly digest. Slavery, for instance, is an institution and system which we know is deeply wrong. I also don't want to internalize or even condone the aspects of this parable which praise the historical practices of the time, practices which ensured that those who had plenty of wealth and security and power could not only maintain those things, but use those things to make more of those things by exploiting those who had very little. And for me, a parable which depicts God as an angry, greedy, and scary businessman who reaps where he did not sow does little in the way of illustrating to me the blessed hope of everlasting life. But here we are. And whether we like it or not, our collect urges us not to give up in the face of readings like these which are confusing and disturbing. This collect reminds us that if we look hard enough, we can find the good news present in a reading. Good news that we desperately need to hear, to learn from, and to inwardly digest. So even while there are problematic aspects of this parable, if we look at it through a different lens, it can actually open up to reveal not only something profound about the kingdom of heaven, but also invite us to embody a certain way of life so that we can become more aware of God's kingdom present here and now. In the parable, the master gives his slaves talents. Now, what's important to realize is that just one talent was worth approximately 20 years of an ordinary laborer's wage. So these slaves were given an extraordinarily staggering amount of money to care for. Two of the three slaves were able to double the amount given to them through trading, but one, out of fear of his master, decided to play it safe and bury the talent given to him so he would still have it when the master returned. And instead of being praised for his actions, the slave is rebuked called wicked, lazy, and worthless, and is thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to me, this seems entirely unfair, especially because I would probably do what that slave did. But in actuality, this parable is talking less 
about risking our financial goods to turn a profit, and more about the consequences of letting our fear dictate our full participation in the kingdom of God. This parable warns us that our fear of taking risks for God's sake, our unwillingness to take a leap of faith for the kingdom of God, can lead us to feel as if we are in the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thinking about the talents in this parable not as money or items of scarcity, but instead in terms of gifts from God, those abundant, life-giving, life-altering gifts of God can help us to gain a deeper and broader understanding of what is happening in this parable. Because the truth is, each and every single one of us is given an extraordinary amount of love from God. We are given a staggering amount of forgiveness, grace, compassion, and mercy, an unlimited amount. We must only open ourselves up to accepting it. But it doesn't stop there. We're called to share these gifts with others. We're called to go out into the world and make more grace, make more love, more forgiveness, more compassion, more mercy. By sharing these gifts with, investing them in those we love and those we struggle to love. But you and I both know that this is the riskiest business of all. To love another person is risky. We could love them, and they might not love us back. We could forgive another person, and they might hurt us again. We could have compassion on another and still be taken advantage of. We could offer grace to another and not be offered that same grace in return. And in my experience, fear of these realities can prevent us, prevent me, from sharing the gifts that God has given me. Fear can keep us from sharing the love we have been given. Our fear of losing this gives, our fear of being hurt or taken advantage of or not being loved back can cause us to want to bury these gifts and hide them away. But the truth is, these gifts were given to be shared. They were given to be shared because compassion hidden away is no longer compassion. Grace buried in the ground is not grace. Love kept to ourselves is not love. Because these gifts are only gifts when they are experienced when they are lived, when they are given and received. And while it might feel as if it's a tremendous risk to love another person, to forgive, to offer compassion or mercy or grace to another, in all truth, we know that it's really not. Because the difference between the talents spoken of in the parable this morning and the gifts of God given to us is that there is an abundant, unlimited amount of God's gifts on offer all the time. We must only return over and over and over again to the source of all goodness, the source of all love, and soak it all up. And then what's more, 
the love, the grace, the forgiveness, and the compassion that we have soaked up can never be lost. It can never be wasted. It can never be taken away. It can only multiply. It can only heal. And it can only restore. So there is no need to bury these gifts and keep them safe. No need to hide them away. No need to keep them only for ourselves. And realizing this reality changes everything because it eliminates all need for fear. Yes, it's risky to love. It's risky to forgive. Risky to offer grace or mercy or compassion to another. But at the end of the day, when we offer those gifts of God to others, when we invest them in our friends and in our enemies, those gifts begin to multiply so that our communities, our city, our nation, and our world is filled with the divine love of God. And that is really, really good news. So the next time you have the chance to love another, choose love. The next time you have the chance to forgive another, forgive them. The next time you are in a position to offer grace or compassion or mercy, do so. Because it is in doing these things that we experience and glimpse here and now on earth the blessed hope of everlasting life, where all is made whole, all is reconciled, and all are loved. Amen. <laughs>